we continue our series titled, Five Questions Every Man Needs Answered. Today's question is, how do we respond when God says no? Pastor John Mark Caton returns to give us three ideas that will help guide us in our response to God. Now, let's hear from John Mark. All right, guys. Um, man, it's a good day to be back. We've been in the middle, middle of a series for those that are new. Uh, five questions every man needs to answer. Uh, and question number one we looked at a couple of weeks ago uh, was how can I know God's will for my life? And we all need to know that. If you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back on our podcast and listen to it. Uh, last week was how can I hear God speak to me uh, in my life? And this week, uh, I think, is a very important question for a lot of us to keep us uh, from being bitter or angry. It's how should I respond when God says no to a prayer in my life? How do I respond when God says no to a prayer in my life? You know, we, we're going to show you some, uh, uh, some verses here in a second. This won't be up there. But in John 15, 7, Jesus said, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. How many of you kind of like that thought? Yeah, the rest of you are liars. All right. That sounds to me kind of like an unlimited credit line, right? That sounds to me like the, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, right? How many of you think that's going to happen? I mean, Jesus just said it. He said, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And you're thinking, yeah, baby. Man, whatever it is I ask, I can ask, and, and it's going to be done for me. Just slam dunk, know it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. We thank God, where are you? And, and then we go back and we think, you know, did Jesus just get it wrong? Is this false advertising? I mean, because Jesus just said, ask whatever. I mean, I'm kind of a whatever dude. I got a lot to ask. And he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then all of a sudden you ask whatever you wish and it's not done. And we better know as men, how do we respond to that question? Because how we respond to that question will determine how much God can bless us in the days ahead. Because there is context to what Jesus is saying there. And a lot of times we ignore the context and focus on a phrase. And, and the truth is, in all of our lives, when we ask a question, there's a context. How many of us know that? How have I lived before that moment? How am I going to live after that moment? What have I done? Where does God want me to be? So when, it, when we say, when Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you, right before that, he says, if you abide in me and remain in me and do what I call to you to do, then you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. A lot of us roll through life doing our own thing, ignoring God until a problem comes up and then we ask God to fix it. And sometimes God doesn't fix it. But listen, guys, just because God doesn't fix it does not mean God doesn't love you. And it certainly doesn't mean that God still doesn't have a plan for you in your life. So, guys, question number three for every dude in this room. We have to know how to respond when God says no to our prayers. He won't always say no. But, you know, well, a lot of times I just think, you know, some of you might be praying right now, God, give me a new job. Uh, God, uh, can I get the girl? Uh, God, save my marriage. God, uh, maybe you prayed this recently. Don't let my loved one die. Uh, God, uh, heal me. 
Some of you might be going some physical things right now and God just hasn't done it yet. Uh, maybe a prayer you, you have right now is, God, bail me out of the consequences of my own sin or my past sin. And sometimes God just flat out says no. And how do we respond when God says no to our prayers? I, I think when God says no, as I was just kind of preparing and thinking about this, I, as I think about men and sometimes I sit in my office or have a cup of coffee or talk to them at Lifetime or wherever it is, um, and I'm talking to a, to a guy and uh, they'll say something like, that you said, that I've said, yeah, I really don't know what God's doing. You know, I really don't know why God hasn't done this, or I don't know why God has allowed this. You know what they're saying? I don't know why God is saying no to my prayer. And I've noticed in men's lives, and, and this isn't just me, but I've noticed a couple of things. I see men, sometimes when God doesn't bail them out, God doesn't answer their prayers, uh, us being dudes, we have a tendency sometimes to rebel against God. Man, we, we, just, get, we just get hacked off. We get mad at God. God, you let me go through this. You let me go through that. So, man, I'm just mad at God. And can I just tell you the truth that, that should drive that thought away is God's no is not a rejection of you. It is a rejection, perhaps, of your prayer. But God's no is not a rejection of you. So guys, if you are sitting here feeling like you are, you're experiencing a no to your prayer, don't feel like God is rejecting you. He may be rejecting your prayer, but he's not rejecting you. Often God's no to your prayer is redirection. So I want to encourage you, just write that word redirection. If you are asking for something to happen, Give me a new job. Give me this. Give me that. Can I land the girl? Whatever it is. Can I tell you, if God says no, he's not rejecting you. He may be redirecting you. And there are always times in our lives when we need redirection. Anybody in here need a little redirection from time to time? If you're married, that's what your wife is there for, right? <laughs> we all understand that. Man, when, when, when Gina shows up and says, hey, have you thought about well, no, I haven't thought about it or I wouldn't have said it, right? How many of you know? That's right. She goes, what were you thinking? Well, to be honest, I wasn't thinking. And that's just what they're there for. So God's rejection of your prayer is, not, is oftentimes a no to your prayer, but a redirection to your life. Here, here's thought number two. I think a lot of times when, when we experience a no to our prayer, um, we begin to resent God and others. Their resentment builds up in our heart and our hearts get callous and we get angry and uh, we ask this. And I will tell you, I've been engaged in conversations and you've been there. I've been there that when God says no to me, it seems like I can, I can always spot the dude that God said yes to in that same area. Am I the only guy? Right? I mean, when God... God says no to me in a specific area, it's like all of a sudden this radar comes up and I can see the dude that just got the yes to almost my same prayer. And what do I do? I begin to resent him. And so guys, if you're sitting here in a space and you're mad at God because of something that he, he said no to you in a prayer, man, stop being hacked off and ask yourself, God, all right, I realize you're not rejecting me, but maybe you're redirecting me. 
Second thought is, if you are sitting there resenting God or somebody else that God has blessed, can I just encourage you with this thought? Sometimes God says no to our plans because our plans are going to wreck our lives. Sometimes God will wreck our prayers because our plans would wreck our lives. And so when you see that guy get blessed, whatever, there is sometimes a truth in the fact that I couldn't have handled it. And so don't walk in resentment of others. Here's number three. When God says no, I, I, I see a bunch of guys, they, they don't get mad at God. They don't resent others or resent God for it. They begin to doubt God's love for them. I've had dudes say something essentially, man, I don't know that God can use me anymore or God can this or God can that. Can I, get, can I encourage you guys, don't ever, ever, ever doubt God's love for you. You don't want to ever be in that space. You don't want to ever do that. The truth is God's mercy sometimes takes the form of not giving me what I want. I'm going to say that again. Guys, sometimes God's mercy takes the form of not giving me what I want. How many of you in here are dads? Did you give your kids everything they wanted? If you did, you're an idiot. And I wish I was your son. Let's be honest. There's that part in my heart, right? There's that nature. I wish I'd have been your kid, right? But sometimes you say no to your kids, not because you don't love them, but because they don't need it, right? All they want to do is eat candy or ice cream or something all the time. Your answer is no, you need nutrition. So guys, sometimes, listen, it is God's mercy to say no to you. Because the best thing that can happen to you is for you not to get what you want. You know, if you think about this idea of how do I respond when God says no, probably the best biblical illustration is Job. Remember Job? Job had everything. And Satan showed up to God and said, hey, hey, what about your servant Job? You know, he only worships you and he only loves you and he only cares for you because you bless him. His business is successful. His, his wife is pretty awesome. Their kids are always really awesome. I mean, everything he touches is amazing. He's looked up to, and Satan looks at God and says, hey, listen, you know, if I took some of that away from you, he'd curse you and not worship you. And God said, no, 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 not my, not my servant, Job. So God lets him at it. He loses everything, family, job, reputation, everything Job loses. His wife even, even looks at him in Job chapter 1. He, she says, hey, why don't you go ahead and curse God and die? We'd all be better off, right? Hope you didn't marry that woman. He doesn't. But listen to this as it relates to how do I respond to God's no in my life. If you fast forward to Job chapter 30, verse 20, Job said this. He says, I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. Right in the heart of the book of Job. Job is crying out to God. And he's saying, God, I cry out to you. I don't get it. I don't understand. He says, but you do not answer. I stand up. Listen to this. I, I love the vivid imagery. He says, I stand up. He's saying, I stand up before you and I look up in the sky, but you merely look at me. 
What is he saying? God, I've been through all this. I'm praying for you to step into my life. And I'm just standing here looking, God, going, anytime. Anybody in here ever looked, just kind of felt that way? You're looking up and God say, anytime you want to bless me, bless me. Anytime you want to fix this, fix it. God, anytime you want to help out just a little, I can take it. And Job is experiencing this same season in his life. He's saying, man, I look up to you, I cry out to you, I, I answer you, I, I beg you, and you just kind of look at me. Contrast that with what is said over in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, where God through, through Jeremiah, this is God speaking, he says, call to me and I will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So notice here we are, Jesus, we started off, said, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Job says, I cry out to you and you don't an do not answer. God through Jeremiah says, call to me and I will answer. The question is, which is it, right? Is it one or is it the other? Is it this or is it that? Which one is it? So here's the key as we, as we think on this topic today. When you pray, when we pray, and this part isn't the rocket science, there are three answers God can give us to all of our prayers. God can give us a yes. Uh, I, I don't know how your heart is. I'm a big fan when I pray of God giving me a yes. Anybody else in the room that way? Count me in. If I'm praying for it, yes is a good answer. There's a second answer God can give, which is wait a bit. Hang in there. Hang in there. Don't quit. As a matter of fact, if you look at Job's life and you go read the latter part of the book of Job, God's answer to Job wasn't a no, it was a wait. How many of you know what it says at the end of the book about Job? He's in the middle of the book now. He's in the middle of the life saying, I cry out to you, you say nothing. God's saying, hang on, Job. You know, what, you know what God was saying to Job? Hang on, Job. Let the people scoff. Let them laugh at you a little bit. Let them mock you. Let them think your God isn't going to show up. But hang on, Job, because I have something better planned. You go to the end of Job's life, what does it say? The end of Job's life, beginning of his life, he has everything. The whole world and community is looking at him going, that dude's got it all. He loses everything. He's laughed at, even his friends show up and say, dude, what did you do to hack off God? Have you read the story? I mean, we don't need friends. Don't be a friend like that, guys. Sometimes the best thing a friend can do uh, when they show up in the middle of another brother's brokenness is just be there and be quiet, right? Problem is, his friends showed up and they weren't quiet. They laughed at him, they accused him, they did this, and Job is sitting there going, God, can I get a little help here? See, the answer to Job's prayers wasn't no, it was wait. And sometimes that's hard because if you go to the end of Job, it says, God blessed Job more in the latter half of his life than he did at the beginning of his life. The waiting was hard. So guys, sometimes God says yes, and that's what we like. Sometimes God says wait, 
we don't always like this. But sometimes God says no. And that's the most difficult one for us to handle. And every dude in this room, if you pray at all, there will be seasons and times when you get a no from God. I can tell you as your pastor, there have been many seasons in my life where I prayed for something, I cried out for something, I begged for something, and God just said no. And the question for us is how do we respond? Do I get mad and hacked off at God? Do, do, do I resent others that it seems that God is blessing more than me? Do I begin to doubt whether God loves me or not? Can I, can I just tell you, God doesn't always give me everything I ask for when I ask for it. The Bible is filled with stories and examples of men who God said no to. Did Moses get to go into the promised land? Was Abraham able to substitute Ishmael for Isaac? No. There are a lot of things and a lot of examples in Scripture where God said no to some great men. And guys, we're not any better than them. Remember when David's son was die, dying and, and it, it says David cried out to God that his son would live. Did his son live? If you don't know the answer, the answer is no. So guys, if, if Satan ever wants to tempt you into thinking that you're the only one that God says no to, can I tell you that's not true? Some of the greatest men of faith, some of the greatest men in the Bible God said no to. When Jonah wanted to avoid Nineveh, did God let him? So I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're wanting to go into a promised land, if you're praying for a, a loved one who is hurting, uh, if, if you are, um, man, wanting to supplant your plan for God's plan, God's going to say no, no, no. See, God's saying no to us. It's not a spiritual rejection, but it might be a test. How are you going to respond? Are we going to be the kind of men that man up or mouse out? Are we going to say, God? And let me tell you, I don't think you have to look at God and lie. And you're, I don't think you have to say, God, thank you for that no. I... I I wouldn't scream at him because he's kind of God. But I think it's okay for us to step back from time to time and say, God, you know, really don't get this one because I, I think I'm praying with a pure heart. I think I'm asking with a good heart. God, I, I don't think my motives are impure, but it still feels like I'm getting a no and it just hurts. I think you can open up with God like that. That, that's what Job was doing. Job was a righteous man. He looked up at God and said, God, I don't know what else you want from me. You've taken everything away from me. My friends are no help. I am crying out to you, God. And I feel like you just look at me. So guys, I think part of who we need to be as we think about growing as men is let's be honest, let's be real. That when God says no to us, or at least no to our way, it hurts. But part of being a man is being able to handle a little pain and press on. 
I'm going to say that again. Part of what it means to be a man is to be able to handle a little pain and press on. Not just in your physical life, not just in your emotional life, not just in your relational life, but in your spiritual life. That we need to be the kind of men that can handle a few setbacks and still take a step forward. And guys, that's what I believe God is calling all all of us to be, including me. And so here, let me give you a couple of thoughts today. Why does God say no to our prayers? Let me just give you a couple of thoughts and, and give you a couple of biblical reasons I think God says no. And we're gonna, I'll try to push through these relatively quickly. Um, why does God say no? And, and I'll tell you, when you say, why does God say no? Um, inquiring minds want to know. And so we're inquiring minds today. Thought number one, I think sometimes God says no to my prayers because he's just got a better perspective. He can see it all. He he can notice it all. See, God's perspective is this. Genesis 1, he created all. Revelation 21 and 22, he's going to fix it all. He's seen everything, every person. God, if you didn't know this, God has been there with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam and Eve, all the way through Joseph, all the Old Testament, all the New Testament disciples. God's been there. He's got a better perspective. He knows from beginning to end what's going to happen. And so sometimes God says no to us because he sees your life already from the moment you were born to the moment you will die. And so God's got a better perspective than we do. You say, where do you see this? Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. He says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. What does that mean? God's got a better perspective. Let's be honest. When I pray, typically, if you're like me, my prayer includes the betterment of me. Am I the only one that prays those prayers? Yeah, my prayer has a lot to do with me. Yeah, I might be praying for somebody else, but I'm really praying for somebody else, so I'll get the blessing out of it. So let's be honest, that's my perspective. God's got the perspective of Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. I got this. So guys, when God says no to your prayer, remember he's got a better perspective. Now, remember, God can also say, wait, what about Job? In Job 30, when Job was saying, God, why are you saying no? What was God really saying? He was saying, wait. Job didn't notice. He had to wait for the yes. But first of all, when God says no to you, step back and say, God, what do you see about my life from your better perspective that I can't take note of? Man, our perspective, listen to this, is limited when we pray. You might want to write these three, day, three or four things down. Our perspective is limited by our wants, our needs, and sometimes, guys, we got to own it, our sin. If there is sin in your life and you're praying for God to fix this and fix that, can I just tell you, God's got a better perspective. God may be looking at you in your life, allowing you to go through something because he needs you to make some changes in your life so you don't repeat the pattern because of your sin. That God's going to let us walk through some heat and go through some difficult things. So, yeah, our perspective 
Our knowledge when we pray is limited by our wants, our needs, and our sin. But it's really our perspective that we don't see things the way God sees things. Look at what Proverbs chapter 2, verse 8 says. For God guards the course, or He guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful one. So that's what we should just trust. When God says no to us, we need to step back and just say, all right, God, I trust that you're saying no to me because you've got a better perspective. You see my life from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. I can't see Revelation 22. I don't know when the better blessing is gonna come, but my job is to step back and say, God, you said no for a reason. Everybody say for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. And a lot of times, well, I can say a lot of times, God has never come down in the moment and said, here's why I'm saying no now. God has never done that for me. Now, I will tell you, I've showed up where God wanted me to show up in the future because I kept pressing on, look back and gone, oh, I get it now. Anybody ever done that in your life? I got it now. But in the moment, we were crying out. God fixes problems. So guys, number one, sometimes God says no because he's got a better perspective. Here's number two. Sometimes God says no because he's got a better plan. That you want this, but God wants this. That I'm praying for here and God says, no, 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 I want you to go here. And so that's where we want to be. You say, where can I see this? Look at Isaiah, uh, thinking about better plans. Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight and nine. And this is Isaiah, a God through Isaiah saying, guys, I've got a better plan. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens, or the, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now notice what you see in that word thoughts, ways, ways, thoughts. That's plural, everybody say plural. He doesn't say my way, he says my ways. When, when you and I pray, we pray with the limited perspective. God, let me get a raise, let me get a promotion. We pray with one solution, right? If, if you go back in those seasons in your life, maybe as a teenager or a college student and you were in love with a girl and all of a sudden things got on the rocks and you cried out to God because you thought she was the love of your life, what were you praying for? One option. God's got other ways. God's got other thoughts. So you and I go in there and pray for one solution and God's got unlimited options. He goes, man, I don't want you to get a raise at that job. I want you to get a new job. I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. So guys, here's what we need to understand. God's always got a better plan because he's got unlimited options. His thoughts are higher than my thought. His ways are higher than my way. And so many times when I'm praying for a prayer, I want God to answer my prayer. And here's how God, I want God to answer it. And God says, you know, I could answer your prayer that way, but I've got other options for you. And, and I think from time to time, God wants to just show up in our lives, tap us on the shoulder and say, read your Bible. My ways are typically better. And if you're willing to wait, 
I'll bless you more in the latter half of your life than I did in the first half of your life if you'll just wait on my way. Man, I, 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 here's what I've also noticed about our prayers when we think about God's better plan. I don't know about you, but when I'm praying through a difficult season, a hard time, I usually pray for the least painful path. Am I the only dude in the room? Sometimes God wants to move us through the painful past. My guess is, let's go be honest. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach in the Old Testament? If you had asked him, hey, did you pray to go uh, to, uh, to, to, to spend the rest of your life with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon? They didn't pray for that. But guess what? They couldn't have been shining examples had they gone. My guess is, if you went to Daniel, said, hey, you want to go in the lion's den? No, 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 no. I've heard about that. But guess what? If God answered his prayer, he would never got a chance to walk out. How many of us understand that? You think those three boys prayed, hey, I can't wait to go in that furnace. If God doesn't let them go in the furnace, they don't get a chance to walk out, boys. You and I aren't talking about them anymore. So sometimes our prayers are always choosing the least painful way. If you go to Romans chapter 1, let me just share another example with you. I'll, I, won't, I, won't, I won't spend too much time on this. This is Paul talking about, I want to go to Rome. Remember, we oftentimes pray for the least painful way, the least painful path, but God has a better plan. He, he says, I, verse 13, Romans chapter 1, verse 13, I do not want you to be one, unaware, brothers and sisters, in Rome he's talking about, that I planned many times to come to you. Then if you jump down to verse 15, he says, that is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. What was Paul's plan? At least the least painful way. Paul, here, here was what Paul wanted to do. He wanted to go preach the gospel. How many of you know that's a good thing? But here's how Paul wanted to do it. He wanted to get his advance team and get his booking agent, book the Colosseum there in Rome. I want to have a three-day crusade I want to send my Billy Graham advance team in there, pass out pamphlets. I want to fill the group. I want to have Greg Long and Avalon lead worship. That was Paul's plan. I'm going to fill the place up. I'm going to preach the gospel to everybody in Rome and where they end up killing people right in the middle. That's where we're going to meet at the cross. That was Paul's plan. How many of you know that the least painful way for Paul to get to Rome didn't happen? Because if you jump down and read the rest of the story, you want to know how Paul got to Rome? He did get to Rome in chains. He got to Rome, but not in the way he wanted to. So Paul's plan was what? It was uh, book the Colosseum, pass out flyers, fill it up, preach like Billy Graham. God's plan was you're going to Rome, but you're going to go in chains. You're going to end up with ha having meetings with high officials and share the faith with them. Some of them will come to faith. But I want you to sit down in a house under house arrest with a guard right next to you. And you know God's plan? Paul, I want you to write these books in the New Testament we refer to as the prison epistles. See, Paul's plan was the least painful way. God's plan was a better idea. Paul, you're never going to sit down and write unless I take you to Rome, put you in a borrowed house, that's the story, 
and have a guard sitting right next to you so you can't go preach. And instead, I want you to write. And you and I still read Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and others. So guys, listen, God's got a better perspective. He's also got a better plan. Here's number three, the third reason I believe sometimes God says no to our prayers is God's got a better purpose for us. God's got a better purpose for you and me, more than we want. You say, where do you see this? Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. He says, I make known to you the end of the earth from the end of the end, from the beginning, from the ancient times. What is still to come? I say my purpose. Everybody say my purpose. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Guys, let me tell you what. God also has a better purpose. Sometimes when we pray, we pray for our own purpose. And God says, listen, it's my purpose that will always stand, that will always happen. So as we think about those three ideas, guys, if God is saying no to you right now in your prayers, trust that God's got a better perspective. Trust that God's got a better plan. And trust that God's got a better purpose than your prayers. And then as we journey forward, man, two closing thoughts. Write these things down. I'm just going to share them with you. I'm not going to spend time on them. When God says no to your prayers, don't ever forget. Everything God does for you is filtered through his fingers of love. Even when God says no, he still loves you. Here's number two. When God says no, God will always give you the grace and the power to go on if you are willing to go on. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to just share with these dudes. God, my, my prayer for every man in this room, regardless of what they're going through, whatever they're praying through, that we would walk out of here emboldened to be the kind of men that you want us to be. To say yes, God, even to your nose, which is sometimes one of the hardest things that we can do, is say our yes and offer our yes in the midst of God's no. But if we do, I believe so many of us will be much like Job. And God, see you bless us in the latter half of our life more than you did in the first half. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to more episodes of Men's Bible Study.